let's talk about digital identity, the podcast connecting identity and business. I am your host, Oscar Santolaya. Hello and thank you for joining today. Digital transformation is a term that we have been hearing and reading in the last recent years, but I would say has never been as important as today. That's why in this interview, we'll dig into that. And also, we'd like to hear about the role of identity in digital transformation. And for help, let me introduce you to today's guest. Jurgita Sarkovaite is Innovation and Strategy Manager at Neo Consulting. She is Professor of Digital Marketing and Digital Transformation courses at Pacifico Business School in Peru. Sarkovaite has more than eight years of project management experience in digital strategy consulting, technology, and software development. Her research covers digital culture, entrepreneurship, and innovation. And she has a passion for education. Hi, Jurgita. Hi, Oscar. Nice to be here. I'm delighted to share this time with you. Yeah, it's very nice. Thanks for joining. It's very nice talking with you. And I'm really intrigued about hearing more about digital transformation that, as I say, is becoming more and more important in these circumstances that we are living. But I would like to hear a bit more about yourself. So please tell us what is your journey to be in this world of digital transformation, uh, data identity, etc. Definitely. Yeah. So I think as, as most professionals who are working in digital these days, you know, my journey began a bit random. So I kind of stumbled upon the digital at the beginning of my career. So I was freshly graduating from the university for my bachelor's degree, and I was looking for internships for international internships. And so I started exploring around the globe. And luckily, I found this company, Neo Consulting, located in, in Lima, Peru, which was working in digital marketing at the time. So yeah, knowing absolutely nothing about digital marketing, I joined the company and started straight ahead. So I was working there, developing the digital marketing strategies for companies in, in different industries. And after that, I found myself very interested in the field. So I continued my journey, went on to working for a time for a specialized software development company in Lithuania, which was working for clients in Europe, in Switzerland, in, in Great Kingdom, in the United Kingdom, sorry. And uh, I think just somehow, you know, rolled over from there. So digital kind of became part of what I am. So I focused my studies on that. And I think it's really important these days so because digital is becoming bigger and bigger part of our lives. So, you know, when I talk to students, sometimes I ask them, can you imagine the world, you know, if you wake up tomorrow and all the digital devices are gone, how would your life be different? Mm-hmm. And especially for the younger ones, you know, so the centennials already, they kind of have a very hard time imagining uh, not having their cell phones around, uh, not having, you know, the constant connectivity around. So I think we as in general, as, as the human species became very much dependent on the digital and it became part of who we are already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I could imagine the, the faces of your, of your students, the younger students in there and the at the business school that uh, don't know how to answer about that. It's hard to imagine for them. But even for people like us that are a bit older than that, it's very difficult to get the digital out of our lives. Definitely. So, you know, I was always joking. Imagine you would have to actually call and send uh, letters to people. Mm. How would that be? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something that's already hard to imagine uh, these days. And one of the ways that this has been conceived is about the digital transformation, a term that I read from time to time, I hear from time to time. 
every time more often. So let's start what, with the basics. How would you define digital transformation? Yeah, so we start straight from the very tricky one. So I guess digital transformation, you're right. So you hear a lot about it. It's all over the media headlines, you know, in the businesses. I think it's one of the most popular buzzwords yeah. around uh, for the last few years. But I guess it's also the complexity there because everybody understands and defines it differently. So there is no, you know, one universally agreed definition for digital transformation. But what I like to use, you know, when, when working with clients and when discussing it, so basically it's the process is the strategic process of adapting and using the new digital technologies in order to enhance and reinforce business processes and basically with the purpose of reinventing the essence of the organization. So reinventing the business model, mm -hmm. reinventing of how the company communicates with its customers, with its stakeholders, how the internal processes are carried on. So it basically touches every single facet of the organization's core capabilities and looking for ways to reimagine and reinvent the organization through the digital technologies. So I guess, yeah, that's a very broad one, but I think it fits straight to the point because, right, so for every company, every organization, digital transformation will look a bit differently. Mm -hmm. And this is where the broadness comes in. Yes, but all comes to, to a sort of a reinvention, right, of the, of the whole organization. Yes, that's, that's, I would say, the, definitely the, the key part of it. So mm -hmm. it's the reimagination and reinvention of the business. Oh, that is exactly, exactly. And the other term that is related and sometimes is also somehow confusing or even sometimes used in, in, a, in a bad way is digitalization. So how would you contrast these two, these two concepts? Right. So these terms are often being used interchangeably, but mm. digitalization, I would say it's part of digital transformation process. So it's once again, transforming the physical assets of physical processes through digital into online, into digital ones. Right. So, but this is a much more tactical, technical term. So this is how we actually use and adapt technology to enhance some specific outcomes. So I would say, for example, if we look, at, if we take a look into, you know, one specific product, so a very classical example of how the music industry was digitalized from, you know, the CDs and cassettes before that into a digital format. So that's digitalization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, a, as you say, it's a tactical part. It's one part of the digital transformation Right. So one thing that I always like to clarify as well. So for me, digital transformation, even though it has to do a lot with technology, mm -hmm. it's a very much strategic and people process. So in digital transformation, the hardest part is not working with technologies, working with people and changing and adapting our mindsets to shifts in technology. So while in digitalization, definitely this, the challenges are very much technological mm -hmm. and technical ones. Exactly. So I guess this helps to clarify it a bit more. Yeah, exactly. So that, that, uh, that shows the difference as well. Excellent. As you mentioned, you have been in several countries, Lithuania, Peru, UK. I would like to hear some examples of successful digital transformation. Right. So I guess you, you got a tough one there for me. So I think digital transformation processes are still, you know, on ongoing. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess it's hard to find companies that you would say, okay, this company has already completed their yeah. digital transformation and this is where they want to be. So I guess it's a pretty much continuous improvement cycle and how companies constantly need to reinvent themselves. But if I think, you know, about some well-known examples, so I would definitely think about some love brands, you know, like Starbucks or Zara in different industries. So how have they been able to reinvent 
the way people see and interact with the brands at all levels, right? Another example that I really like and often use is, is Burberry. So, you know, the luxury brand, mm -hmm. very conservative, very traditional one, but I think they started their digital transformation process very early on. And there are a lot of beautiful campaigns of how they've been able to use technology in order to change even the perception of the brand. So going from very, you know, traditional upper class to appealing to the younger generations through technology, through interaction, through very personalized experience, of course, enabled by the digital technologies that uh, permits getting this personal touch and interaction with the brand. Also another example, I think in more, you know, a more hardcore industry. So banking, mm -hmm. I would say BBVA. So the Spanish bank has been going in through digital transformation for some five, six years, I would say already. And there are very interesting examples of how they've been transforming the banking experience. So once again, very tough industry, you know, very, a lot of mental barriers, a lot of legal regulations of how to interact with customers, but they've been able to overcome this in a very creative ways and enhancing with technology to elevate the experience of the customer banking. So yeah, these, these are some of the examples that come to mind, but a lot of work, I guess, is still have, mm -hmm. has to be done and the companies are catching on. And, and that's because I think very understandable because the technologies are evolving. So there is no point in where you say, okay, we're stopping now and coming to the new normal and this is how we're going to operate. I guess every company is constantly trying to look for the ways to improve and become better at what they do and how they interact with customers and how they generate value for their stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Yes, as I can imagine, you said uh, many, many companies who are already working into deal transformation, they are in progress. So they have seen some results, but still not a, a huge reinvention, but many are already working into that. Banking industry is a really good example because there is a big difference between doing everything paper or going to the to the agency and doing everything from your, let's say, from an app. In many places in the world, you, you can do nearly every single operation just with an app. And it's a, it's a huge difference in how you can uh, serve your customers and be more more efficient by, at the same time, you, as you mentioned, complying with regulations that is very difficult in, in this kind of industries. Definitely. And I guess, uh, in, you know, in the last couple of months of so this particular context of, of a lockdown in, in mm. most parts of the world has really also demonstrated the companies which have been already advancing in this mm. direction and they've been able to provide a differentiated experience from the companies that are lagging behind in the process. Yeah, exactly. The ones who were more advanced in, in the transformation had reaped the benefits in this in this short short time. That, that's true. And one element on the digital initiatives, digitalization, digital transformation is talking about the customer experience. This in the bank, for instance, customer experience in brands like luxury brands, you mentioned Burberry, customer experience to appeal a younger generations. So what is the importance of digital identity in customer experience? I think it's very important. It's essential, definitely. But I think it's such an integral part that, you know, when working on the digital projects, we don't necessarily look at it at an individual level. So it's part of the construction of a digital experience. And we definitely want to include and be able to identify your, your customers through a digital identity while at the same time protecting their privacy and protecting their identity, right? So it's a double challenge because from the company's point of view, the companies are always looking for ways to be able to identify and interact with the people at personal level, right? Mm -hmm. So the more information the company has about its users, the better experience they can provide. But on the other hand, it's also, it comes with regulations and it comes with responsibilities, right? So if you have the 
personally identifiable data of your customers at your disposition. So you have to act responsibly of how you use it and, and use it for the purposes that has that the customer has provided confidence for you to provide that information, right? So it's a tough challenge, but I would say that digital identities is part of every digital transformation project where we work on because it would be impossible to do without it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in companies that, that already have uh, executed digital transformation at largely or at some extent, uh, these this type of companies, so what are the digital identities that they have put in practice, they have chosen? So I would say there is a pretty broad mix of how companies are approaching that. I guess since treating with and dealing with digital identity, so it's not something new. A lot of companies by legacy, they already have internal systems and internal databases in place where they actually like to pull the digital identity of the customers from their own point of view. So, you know, creating a separate username and, and separate account for different systems. So that's much more, you know, company-centric approach. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you know, as the companies move towards more customer-centric approach, they like to take advantage of the digital identities that are already available in the ecosystem, in the digital sphere, right? So then, you know, using like a social logins and using the identities created by the users for, for example, their email accounts or, you know, login with Google, login with Facebook, uh, that sort of thing is get also getting more and more access to and, and I would say becoming more popular because it provides the simplicity, it reduces, you know, the workflows of reducing the number of clicks for the customer to finally reach the goal that they're trying to interacting with the company. So I would say it really depends on the situation. Once again, security is, is one of the issues. So sometimes you can use a third party identity provider already mm -hmm. available. For some reasons, company might want to, you know, ask a user to create a separate account and separate to isolate this part of their digital identity that comes within the company in order for them to explore the data that they're collecting on the users. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. As a company embrace more digital, they also go beyond the, their own data repositories of users to, as you mentioned, social logins or anything that the, the customer already is using to, to have this concept of bring your own identity. So use the identity you're already comfortable with. In Imagine a project of digital transformation. So... You have have experience also from the development point of view, uh, managing a project like this. Who is the person or who are the persons who has the biggest influence to make the, have the ultimate influence in, in choosing what is the, the data identity that is used for, for projects? I would say it's a collective decision most of the times, right? So usually the proposal comes from the development team or from the UX designers as they're offering, you know, and, and designing the workflows for how the users will interact with the systems. And then that also comes in hand with internal protocols that the company is complying. So that normally the IT department is heavily involved in that. And in the cases more advanced or companies that are more mature in their data management strategy, then there might be a CDO or a CDTO involved in it, this decision. And then usually it comes down to collective decision going for the optimal you know, trade-off between, okay, so the depth of the information, the simplicity of the solution, and uh, you know, the ability to collect and, and use the data that is already available there. So yeah, I wouldn't say there is one person or, or one role that usually defines it 
but it rather comes from different perspectives and then there is kind of negotiation and reaching an agreement on that. Yeah, definitely. That, that's good to hear from your experience because traditionally identity was many years ago was either domain for from the technical, from the IT or also from the human resources. And that's it. Nobody else had the, had the, had the power of managing the, the identities for an organization. So it's, it's definitely good to see that now we, in this new way of reinventing the companies, the organizations, now there is more contribution from several. It's more flexibility, definitely as well, because I would say a lot of solutions are moving into the cloud and the more and more applications are using software as a service model, so the so-called SaaS. Also, the tech providers, they're already giving, uh, they have uh, built-in options to choose for the digital identity, right? So it's easier for the development teams and for the organizational teams to have this discussion because the solutions are already available there. So it gives them the flexibility and it doesn't imply extra development time and effort for the team to include different options of, of the digital identity for the customers to be able to choose from. Yeah, so to some extent, you know, the technology in the cloud is democratizing the way that we as customers, we're choosing which digital identities we can choose to interact with the company. Exactly. And coming back to a topic that we cannot avoid in, in these times, that is COVID-19. So <laughs> how would you say that is affecting the, the transformation? Yes, I think definitely having a huge impact, right? So there is a lot of jokes and memes uh, circulating over the internet. If you know who is the main responsible for the digital transformation mm. in your company, you know, the CIO, the CTO, the CEO or the COVID-19. Mm. But for me, we can treat it as a joke. But, you know, what I would say, you know, if their company didn't have any efforts and or any initiatives going through the digital transformation before the lockdown, before the pandemic started, then it's really difficult that uh, any company would have, would develop something within the, those two, three months. So really what COVID did is accelerated and made evident, you know, the advancement that the companies have already been doing before that. So it make it more, much more tangible in a very short way. And then we have specific industries, right? So the e-commerce boom was something that nobody could have foreseen it beforehand, right? So we had, mm -hmm. especially here in Latin America, you know, where the e-commerce growth rates were lagging behind the, the US or, or European standards. So we've seen evidence for, you know, the 500% e-commerce growth month by month. And we reached the levels of uh, what the analysts had foreseen for, you know, 2025 in three months, basically. But once again, so what COVID did is actually accelerated the things that companies have already been working on, on or they oblige the companies to reprioritize their initiatives and their digital projects that they are having on at hand. So the companies, once again, the ones who dealt with it strategically and have been planning ahead to execute the different sorts of digital projects were much better prepared and were able to carry those on much faster, much more efficiently, and they were not as affected as companies in the current context. Exactly. And you have seen during these months some of the, let's say, slower companies catching up in this recent recent 
within months. Definitely. So what we also have seen, and there is an evidence, especially in the, you know, the, the essential industries, you know, that kept functioning during even the strictest lockdown. So here in Peru, I think we had one of the strictest lockdowns in the world. And what we've seen, so a lot of consumer packaged goods, you know, went from the distributor model to going direct to consumer. And then a lot of solutions came up that were really, you know, quickly designed for troubleshooting the current situation. So for example, a very simple e-commerce platforms that were available at, that allowed the companies to integrate with their ERP solution and, you know, come online live in a month or two. Mm-hmm. So I think that was something that the companies acted very fast and it's a short-term fix and short-term solution that allowed them to operate very soon and not losing these essential revenues that they've been losing over the you know traditional lines of businesses. But then what we will see in the couple of in the next months and, and probably next uh, couple of years is you know the companies that have started and experimented with these troubleshooting solutions during the pandemic, they're actually starting to see the value of the digital channels and how they're performing and enhancing their business and they will move towards you know making it more strategic investing in more sophisticated solutions that will allow them to grow and really take advantage and reap the benefits of the digital channels yeah so excellent that many many companies uh, were able to catch up and now are in the in the right direction to serve better their customers and also uh, have a better processes. Jurgita, now could you give us a practical advice, a tip for anybody how we can protect our digital identity? Of course. Yeah, so protecting digital identity, I think we often don't treat it as our responsibility, but it's definitely one of the things that we can do. So my first tip, always use your common sense and criteria, you know, when logging into different systems. So always have a critical eye on the things that you're leaving your data and, and leaving your digital identity. And another probably very practical and very simple one, so use a strong password. You wouldn't imagine the number of times that we encounter data breaches because people choose very simple, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six type of passwords that are very easy to hack. And even though we're, you know, we're always tend to believe the best in the people. There are a lot of cyber threats lurking behind. So do the simple things that, uh, that you can do to protect your digital identity, starting, you know, from such a simple thing as, as using a strong password. Yeah, definitely. Um, we are, in these interviews, we have talking about many replacements from passwords, but passwords are going to stay at, it, at least for some time. So we have to use them well, not strong passwords, and checking where we are putting our information in. That's definitely. So I would complement that, of course, using, you know, the two-factor identification or other means, you know, like fingerprints or more bionic means for recognition are way to go. And, you know, this is the future. But for the meantime, and, you know, at the simplest of uh, of uh, means that what we can do. So a strong password is definitely, you know, the 101, the basic step that everyone is able and should be able to follow that. Well, thank you for that, Jurgita, and was very interesting here about uh, digital transformation and how it has been, well, transforming companies, reinventing, as you said, and what things are going to happen in the next months. Please let us know how people can follow you, get in touch with you. What are the best ways for that? Sure. So delighted to, to continue chatting on this topic if everyone is interested. So you can find me on LinkedIn with Jurgita Sarkovaite, or also you can shoot me an email. So it's jurgita.sarkovaite at neoconsulting.ai. Excellent. 
Again, thanks a lot, Jurgita. It was a pleasure talking with you and all the best. Thanks, Oscar. Pleasure is mine. Yeah, have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk About Digital Identity, produced by UbiSecure. Stay up to date with episode at ubisecure.com slash podcast or join us on Twitter at ubisecure and use the hashtag LTADI. Until next time, 